0: Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Justin Castle, along with Michael Margulies. Hello. Uh, And today
1: we have a special guest on our podcast. Uh, Today we have Tom from England. Hey, man. Hey, guys guys out there. How are you doing? Hello. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, Tom and I are actually sitting in Goa uh, in Arambol right now. This is uh, actually my second run uh, into Arambol. And I thought Tom had a really interesting story, and so I wanted to bring him on and talk a little bit about it.
2: Do you want to tell how, how we met first? or? Sure, go ahead. Like, in a little beach shack, on where like nobody really goes, but there was just a massive kind of congregational party going on, and loads of the most random things ever happening, including a, a Ukrainian... Drum band where some guy was playing a false leg.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was I have a video shot of that actually. I can post that. Wait, so, yeah, some, so
0: somebody was literally playing a fake leg as a yes. instrument <laughs>
2: <Pucked> <laughs> under his under his armpit and just playing it like I don't know some kind of Shiva third arm. It was ridiculous. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but they were good, weren't they?
1: Yeah, and yeah I think yeah, that yeah. brought
2: the vibe like. Um, Mike was doing what I would pursue to be his kind of like usual thing where he's got his camera and he's covering some footage. Yeah, yeah. this
1: was something actually back in the day. Uh, actually, Justin and I used to have this series called Shenanigans in high school and we would just videotape <laughs> random stuff. And recently yeah, it just occurred to me, why don't I just do this again? Yeah. Start filming random stuff. I don't know what's gonna, what I'm going to do with it, but I figure if I get a bunch of raw material, I can edit it later, you know?
2: Nah, I don't know, man. That sounds good. Yeah, I think it's best to have it than you can kind of do what you want with it when you've finished eh, so Very yeah cool. so we were in the beach hut we've got back to this after a little tangent and um, I started telling Mike about how I got to India so basically I don't really know where the idea the seed of this idea came from but me and my friend were hitchhiking from Amsterdam to Oslo last year and I think we were drunk like <laughs> and Mike. at this one point I think we were it's kind of a crazy idea so we said hey man We need to do some more kind of like nomadic style traveling. (laughs) Um, And I've heard about people cycling long, long distance. Why the hell don't we just cycle to India for England? (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah, we both kind of had, like a girl on the side at the time that we were both interested in. I kind of went back to Amsterdam, he'd gone back to England. Things were not working how we wanted them to really work. So we were calling a lot, like you guys do, and we just said, man, like, should we do this? Should we actually just get some bikes and go? Uh, And the answer was yes. That's how I got here, uh, covering like 17 different countries and uh, about 16,000 kilometers over, I don't know, about eight months.
1: Eight months. Yeah, I heard this and I was like, wow.
0: That's incredible. (laughs)
1: Um, Dance. yeah, I was like, you need to be a guest on this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, no, it's a pleasure to be here, yeah. 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 So
1: you, obviously you didn't, um, bike across from England to mainland Europe.
2: No? Oh, we, we talked about this little, uh, yeah, yeah, we did pedantic, other- <laughs> this pedantic period that Mike had, yeah. <laughs> um, well there's a few more pedantic periods as well. Um, okay, so we cycled to Hull. Have you got that Justin? Do you want to translate that or Hull? You, Hull? What is that? Yeah. spelled H-U-L-L. Is this a city in England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a small city, like, on the coast. Um, So we took an overnight ferry to Rotterdam and then basically cycled up to Amsterdam where we took a week off straight away. We had, like, another fundraiser. So, like, another part of the trip is that we're raising money for homeless kids all around the world and also for a um, hospice foundation, which is more kind of like for a bereavement fund, which deals mainly predominantly with older people, but... Also, the younger people dying within like the local communities where we're from. So, yeah, that's the two that are going out there. Uh, we had another fundraiser in Amsterdam, basically to like organize and attend with all of the friends there. Um, we stayed around for a week, of course. You always do in Amsterdam or more. <laughs> can't <ever laughs> really leave. The get, day we it's left, easy to get stuck there. <laughs> the the no, day really? we left, we we wanted to stay because it was like
1: a huge snowstorm hit us. Oh my um, lord! And you were, you were staying in the red light district? No. I've <laughs>
0: Well I, I wanted to ask you, so so you were cycling in the winter time through Europe. Yeah. It's with, funny. On this a is bike. Now
1: cycling the Earth podcast, I think. Cycling yeah. the
0: Earth
2: <laughs> <laughs> We wanted to do it from the saddle, actually. But um yeah, we cycled if you consider from Amsterdam probably to Vienna, it was cold. Like we're talking minus seven, snow, inches of ice sometimes on the roads. When it did kind of heat up, you'd sometimes within like the forest, you'd get sheets of black ice.
1: Wow, I didn't even know this. So
2: time. yeah, I mean like we hit the deck a few times without the GoPro recording it, which really sucked. Wow. Because one time I hit the deck, my bike stayed like where I was supposed to stay, and I just carried on like skeleton bobbing it down like Whoa. the middle of this mountain road, but like surrounded by like the forest. But it was actually it didn't hurt. I don't know what it was but it was just so smooth my <laughs> my cheeks were my cheeks were fine yeah so wow,
1: that's so you just like bit it
0: basically. yeah i totally
2: bit it and then reese <laughs> my uh, my cycling partner he came around the corner a little bit slower which is probably more educated kind of idea of things yeah uh, but he stopped where my bike was and literally as soon as he put his foot on the ground he fell and hit the dirt as well oh my same God. spot we got two of us but like we just giggled we were laying around in the road i mean it was so quiet Laying in the road in the road in like minus conditions, just
1: laughing. Holy shit. Can you imagine like the peculiarity of that? <laughs> you know, it's funny Can now. What I'm, what I, sorry, I, I guess real quick. I was gonna say is um, it, the thing that strikes me is you told me last night that you cycled, or uh, not last night, whatever night we yeah. met, uh <laughs> that you cycled uh, to India, and that alone was impressive to me, uh, and that was a story of itself. I didn't even realize that you're cycling through black ice, falling down in the middle of who knows where. Like, this is a really intense...
2: (laughs) There's some, what I call like cheap blogs on our website, which is saddlesaw.moonfruit.com. Yeah, plug Um, it, man.
1: Go
0: ahead.
2: And we had this one time in the north of Turkey, we were using like Google Maps on my friend's iPhone. And it suggested that we took like the scenic route by the Black Sea, which that of course we wanted to do. But we wanted to hook up with this route like called like the E twenty or something, like a major road along the north. But as we came around this little area, it took us onto a mud track and suddenly there was like fencing, like big fencing with barbed wire on the top, and cows on one side, and then cows on the other. And we thought what a weird way, a peculiar way of kind of like segregating cows. It's a bit strange. We could see the road where we wanted to be at the top of the hill, like through some pickly bushes, so we started going up there, and there's a few bones on the floor. This is when we start to get a little bit worried, and we hit the top of the hill, <laughs> and there's another fence there with barbed wire, and we're like, oh my lord, what, what do we do now? Okay, drop the bikes, you go left, I go right, look for a hole. We're yeah. now realising that we're the ones fenced in. <laughs> yeah how the hell did we even get into this place we couldn't find anything so we started to try and walk like back around the fence a bit further found a hole with a sign on it but on the other side and as we get through it said forbidden oh, okay with a, like a picture of a which a country is this again this is turkey okay um yeah once we uh, got around the corner so how did, sort of how did you life, get into this like i don't know there was just no gate on the other side and then we get around the corner on the main road and it's a live military firing zone.
1: Whoa. Holy
2: shit. Yeah, so we didn't really stop to get any more details. We just kind of <laughs> held our abdomens and ran. Like, oh my you God. ran through the military zone? Well, with bikes. Oh, yeah, man. Like, with that, a- that, that, this kind of crazy thing happened too much. I mean, maybe I'd like to say now thank you very much, Google Maps, for taking us on such great adventures. <laughs> but at the time, I felt a bit insecure. I don't, yeah, I, yeah,
0: let, let me tell you, people. I don't trust Google Maps to get me to work. <laughs> You're going yeah. from Much England to get you cycling to India. to
1: India from
2: Amsterdam. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, yeah, even when we left England, my friends, for some reason, he didn't have battery on his iPod. We saw so not his iPod, on his iPhone. And we set off at like eight o'clock in the morning. And all I had to do was just like ask my mom and dad, because I don't know this area of Yorkshire. What are the main towns to get me to Hull? And we just wrote them down. We didn't even have a map. <laughs> so we were just asking local asking people right. as well, like,
1: which well, way is it? Oh, it's like 20K down there. You'd be there in 10 minutes. Well, that's we're kind of like bikes. what I'm doing here. right? So, like in India, it's like, okay, I need to get myself to Humpy, So yeah. I just ask someone, hey, yeah. what what's the right way? And I mean, it's almost, you know, the way I view it now is when you're backpacking or cycling or doing this kind of an adventure, improv has to be like a skill so I, I, mean, I did improv comedy back in Houston that's cool and I'm using that now as improv as a lifestyle it's learning how to just whatever yeah, life whatever you have to do wherever you have to be ah, sometimes you gotta make shit up as you go along
2: so you familiar with is it um, oh what's the thing up in Chicago the big improv club
1: yeah yeah what's that one Justin are, you know, t- uh, are
2: you talking about Second
0: City or Second, Second City, City yeah there yeah. There. yeah I worked
2: for a company in Amsterdam called um, Boom Chicago for I've sure heard like, of
0: them. I've heard of them. Yeah, that was
2: that was quite a funny little job doing a bit of promotions for them.
0: Yeah, Justin, Come you're in. doing improv in New York now, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be taking on another class at Upright Citizens Brigade, and I just started doing uh, stand up in um, the area. So So, um, I'm up and coming. So, not not quite there yeah, yet. Yeah. But Boom Chicago, I know some people who went and they did like a tenure out in England, right? Uh And and it's just like a sister theater company, right? With I think one of the ones in Chicago.
2: Yeah, I think it's something – the guys come from Chicago originally. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine it been – whether they either took the idea, I'm not sure. Uh, They've got an interesting story themselves, but yeah you need to get into like the inner circle penetrate the inner circle before you (laughs) you talk to these boys were you doing
1: improv with them or just going to their shows no
2: I was like promoting the shows oh Um,
1: nice I was the
2: tout stood out front but I kind of took it in my English stride especially with the uh, (laughs) uh, how do I say this to you guys especially to the American tourists coming around like Uh with this kind of I'd, I'd use a more southern, like Russell Brand kind of persona there. <laughs> Dance around with my with my brothel creepers on, with my pointy uh, shoes and uh, long cardigan, and
1: so you are basically the, you were the like, ladies through the door, yeah. Yeah, you're a herder, people into the improv show.
2: <laughs> yeah, selling them food, getting all of the uh, like the money off of this, and it was good money, man. It was,
1: so this is what you did in Yorkshire before. No, like, I was like, doing that
2: in uh, Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, okay. yeah. Like I went back to. England for maybe six weeks. I've been yeah. in England six weeks this year, um, and like the last two years, I think maybe four or five months. Yeah, um, but I've been traveling now for maybe six years, on and That's off. That's amazing.
1: So this is like, you know, these are the kind of stories that I think, I, I, at least in the U.S., when I was growing up, and Justin, you probably, I think, you have a similar um, uh, feeling about this. We didn't hear these kind of stories, right? Because we mm. grew up. No. And the stories we heard were, well, here's how you're supposed to live life, you you get your degree, you know, we grew up in suburban sure. middle class America, so mm-hmm. okay, you get your college degree um, you get good grades there you get a job, and then you maybe you get a graduate degree, because that's of course going to set you up for an even sure. higher uh, career, mm-hmm. and you work the next 40 years you're going to get married, have kids, and this is kind of like... Nuclear family. Yeah, and this is the story of what one is supposed to do uh, to live a life, to live a a happy, comfortable, secure life. And I'm always, as I'm backpacking now, I find more and more people that are living life in alternative ways. And it's not to say, I'm not here to shit on anyone else. If like, you know, raising a family is beautiful. And, it, mm-hmm. and that can be one of the most rewarding experiences for any person on the planet. Um, the part that I, where I felt personally like, uh, I need to, uh, you know, it wasn't for me right now. Mm-hmm. And, by traveling i meet people like you and i see like okay there's other ways to do this thing so mm-hmm. you've been traveling for six years now six years way longer years. than I, i've been What three months doing this thing right <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude it, it comes though like it's i think
2: it's all about embracing it like different forms of traveling a lot of people really think that traveling is such an expensive thing and the guy who i was originally well um, my friend Reese, who's now on a five star trip in Istanbul for 10 days, courtesy of mummyanddaddy.com,
0: <laughs> um, he,
2: he thought I was like totally loaded, daddy rich from our town, Harrogate. I'll give the little place a shout out and I'll come around to some more weird stuff about that later. Okay. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll love that part as well. Um, but like, he thought I was daddy rich, so I started working in this rock and roll bar for him. He was my boss. And I told him, no, man, you can go away, you can travel, you can couch surf. And he said, What the yeah. hell is this couch surf stuff? You go, you know, like you write to somebody in a social network kind of environment, you read their references, you see if they're vouched for, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera. And maybe you change a few mails. And then you go and kip
1: on their couch, like sleep on their couch, or they have a spare room and sometimes. Couch surfing for you. is amazing. And people are so yeah. scared of it. Like, I'm not going to message some random person on a social networking site and sleep on their couch. Or let them stay at mine. let them yeah. stay at mine, but it's not like that. You read their, like you said, you read their reviews, they seem hmm. legit, you talk to them a little bit, hmm. and most of the time, these people, they aren't going to couch surfing because they're trying to, to screw you over and steal your stuff. No. They're just also the, the same type of people. They're travelers. They want to meet other travelers. Of
2: course, and then in that community, you have your different types of people, of course, as well. So like, of course. So, like, I will read through quite a lot of profiles before i pick my people Yep. yeah i maybe write four in a city and if i don't get a reply then why would i want to stay on this person's couch when i perceive that i already don't like the way the direction is going from what i've seen right yeah, what yeah, i've read right but hey, say, on this trip
0: huh? Uh, sorry justin go, go ahead i just i just wanted to direct you back to your what you're saying about you know couch surfing and other resources like the the first thing that pops into my head is you've been doing it for six years you know, mm-hmm. where do you get the funding from? So you, a lot of it yeah. sounds like people are putting you up on couch surfing. Did you, oh. have you worked intermittently in between different yes. stints on the that's, road? That's the
1: thing. This and is actually course, the, coolest, the coolest part. I think I remember you telling me about this. Like either I am working
2: as I go around. So like doing some freelance journalism. Talk about the
1: freelance journalism part. Cause I think this is really fascinating. Actually.
2: Well, it kind of started originally like when I was cycling around Iceland Uh, one of my dutch friends that i met like five or six years ago now she was working for a dutch travel magazine basically said hey you're going there we want somebody kind of on the local side of things i know you go and talk to the locals you get heavily imbibed involved with the area so would you write for our company it was like yeah sure like how much you going to pay me just been cheeky (laughs) and she said i think it was about 800 pounds or so and in the end, I was doing that for Which charity like what, as well. For US, it's like a thousand US dollars. No, so, it's much more. It's much like more. Like one, four, maybe. Wow. One three.
1: Man, the yeah, so pound's got a good exchange rate to the dollar. We do, right now. yeah. Sucks still, for us in the US. Still <laughs> living that dream. Uh, <laughs>
2: but yeah, like um, I started just doing this and then kind of writing off to other magazines. And now with this kind of trip, people have been coming to us with Twitter, actually. And saying like, hey, we want to do a portfolio on you or specifics for cycling, which is very strange because when we don't consider ourselves cyclists, we consider (laughs) ourselves as travelers that just use cycling as a form of transport. Right. And when you start doing this in certain countries where you meet lots of other cyclists, you really find the people that are just like me, you know, they are just up for the party. They want to find a cheap place to stay where there's a party going on they want ladies they, they want the thrill of the road but they're saving so much money by cycling and they're loving the adventure of like fighting yeah. for every inch yep. do you know what I mean like that thing sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get around yeah. every
1: corner it's probably the most free experience I've ever had you know what I find really so what you were saying to me uh, when you told me this the first time a few mm. nights ago it inspired me because I realized wow I have all these thoughts and ideas. Really, uh, if I'm doing a freelance kind of thing, right, I can just write about any topic I want. Sure. And then I have, well, if I have a complete article, paper, whatever, I can go around to different papers, whatever, and sell them and say, Hey, do you want this idea? Yes or no. And pr- most likely, if I write something that's good, someone's gonna want to buy it, and I can. You gotta get keep not- knocking on that door, there. Keep knocking on that door. Exactly. Not everything's gonna hit. No. But if I just keep writing things that are interesting, that other people would also find interesting. Uh, yeah, we were chatting about Bukowski, weren't we? About who? Charles Bukowski. Maybe.
2: And okay. how he was doing like his short stories, and maybe Hunter S. Thompson as well? Just Hunter like, S. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter, yeah. Writing them out and sending, sending, Yeah, that's sending, the thing, sending, right? Sending. Hunter
1: S. Thompson just writes a whole bunch of crazy stories. And sure, but I mean,
2: just, if you're writing, and you enjoy writing, then it's got to come out of you. It's. I read something where this guy said, it, it's that, like a breath every day, you know? Yeah. You have to do this to breathe, man. Like, so. But the
1: distinction, hey. I think, the key <laughs> distinction is you're not... When you say working as a journalist, it's not like you know, some person hired you and they're your boss and you are writing the articles they tell you to write. It's more like, at least the way I, I was reading it and the way I'm, I want to take it, it is sort of mm-hmm. write about things that are interesting. Yeah. That to me, go there are plenty of things. And then so, once I have an article, I can sell that article to someone.
2: Sure, even if you're getting free spots at first, though, I like just send, yeah, uh, just there, put it out there into yeah. the ether. You name it. So, yeah.
0: so Tom, I just, Tom, I wanted to ask. Um, so besides, you know, we're talking about the, the journalism. Are you, uh, there's there's two parts to this question. Are you affiliated with, yeah. with any other international, like NPR type of organizations or? Oh,
2: funny or you said that, NPR. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Mistake. Everybody everybody I'm sure everybody asks about that.
2: <laughs> no, they emailed us when we were in Armenia yeah. uh, saying they wanted to do like like this, like a kind of radio conversation for one of their travel sections. Yep. And we were like, who the hell is this NPR? Like, of course, we <laughs> used to the, the BBC. Um, so we checked them out, and we asked some American friends of ours, and they were like, yeah, man, they have like six million listeners a day or something. And we were like, oh, for our website, that could be amazing. We emailed them back, and this woman just went into the void. She just disappeared. And then really? I started tweeting, uh, like, NPR as well and saying, like, hey, what's going on here? You know, like, Nothing. Whereas other magazines just out of the blue have come and hit us up, like, but we have been doing a kind of bi-weekly newspaper piece for a local newspaper in England, which mm-hmm. is kind of keeping donations coming in. You get some people kind of seeing some things that we've written about certain countries right. and saying like, oh, we really like this. Yeah, we didn't know about this. Or I really liked the piece that you wrote. So here's 10 pounds towards this or 20 pounds. And that really gives you a good boost. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. It like, yeah. really keeps you know. And, And you know, know, um,
0: NPR, NPR, I, is the type of thing that I'd listen to it every morning on my way Mm -hmm. to work before I moved to New York. Like they have, they have national syndication in the US. They've got affiliates all throughout the world. And That's that's kind of cool. We got we got the Mike. We got the edge on NPR on this story. So (laughs) yeah, screw you guys.
1: (laughs) NPR lost out on this story, man. That's why I jumped on it. Um, You know, I want to come. Another thing I I really liked that you said earlier, Tom, was um, it's the idea that people have that if you're going traveling, oh, you must be so loaded, must be mommy and daddy money, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, that's the same question I got asked. When I was quitting my job, uh, the guy who was in the office next door to me came by and he said, oh, wow, you're just going to go traveling. What, did you just come into a whole bunch of money? Uh, uh, you know? And I'm looking at him like, no, man, it's not expensive. I think uh, you know, folks have this idea in their head that traveling is a super expensive endeavor. I mean the, the, how, the place I'm staying in right now – so we're sitting in a room, uh, pretty nice room. Uh, room actually you get to say this is nice yeah when you start traveling yeah this is this is nice this is a nice room and i'm paying 400 rupees a night uh 400 rupees is equivalent to uh, what is that like six dollars or something like that yeah um yeah probably something like that it's not expensive or couch surfing like you said that's free uh and all you have to do is meet somebody who's also cool and hang out with them. Um, win win.
2: We, we tend to always Great. cook them a meal, actually. Yes, and sometimes uh, you pay it
1: back to them. I Sometimes I'll get them a gift. Uh, this, uh, I remember I mentioned my friend Aridnam in the first podcast, um, who took care of uh, my friend Samark. So I didn't tell you about the story, but when I first arrived in India, I stayed in Mumbai with my friend Aridnam. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't know him at the time. He was a random stranger then, but now he's a friend of mine. <laughs> And he, my friend got sick and he took care of her. So we got him a nice book. Of, is he was really into architecture and pictures. So you, know, you do things like that for someone. You get them a little gift. Or, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it, and that, that's like I think, though, that's a key point I, I love to – if there's any message I want to send, and it's not for me to send messages per se, just to give perspectives to people, uh, other perspectives, and let them decide for themselves. But I think one thing that's very misunderstood is – it doesn't cost a lot to travel, no. and it's a very—I think it's a very—for me at least, uh, and other people like you and me that we meet—it's a fulfilling lifestyle. Is it more? Is there more risk involved? Damn right there is. Right, you don't have—you don't have this uh, secure job of I know exactly when, what date my paycheck's coming in, exactly how much it's going to be. I know exactly where I'm going to be living in a week. I know exact—you don't know all oh, those exact nice. things. It's a little bit of chaos. But, but that's exciting, I think. Yeah, Exactly. That's why I love it. And it's not for everybody. Not everyone can thrive in that kind of chaos. They, they, they don't like that.
2: Sure. They, and I think going back to what you're saying about people thinking things are very expensive is because, like you were talking about before, where you guys are from middle-class America, at uh, the same, we're, we're exactly from a bubble town in the north of England. People don't do this. They go away for their two-week holidays. Right. And they, they spend lavish money. amounts on, you know. Yeah, you go, and, you go and spend, you know, thousands of pounds on a hotel for the family to go to. And it's, a, it's like an occasion. You go with your friends or so.
1: Right.
2: And in that, a lot of the people will already have their food included, their drinks included, yeah. and be an all-inclusive holiday and maybe not even leave the compound.
1: I mean, those places are catered to that specific type of vacation. Exactly.
2: And that is still traveling.
1: That yeah. is still traveling. Of it's course. Just,
2: yeah. Just, I mean, there's totally different ways of doing things, isn't there? Yeah. And they would it, probably hate to do my way. And exactly. I don't know. I mean, Justin, yeah, What do you What do you think on this?
1: No, I, I completely I, agree with you. I think. I, sorry, Justin, go ahead. You were going to say
0: something. <laughs> hey, Mike, is your name Justin?
1: <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, I said what do you, you. I didn't even you, hear him what, say Justin. You
0: want to fight, Punk? <laughs> I will come through this microphone. Fight. I will punch Dude, you, I will, I will uh, punch oh, you in the mouth. I will punch you in
1: the. I know jujitsu. Okay, I, I have I have three or four black stripes on my white belt. <laughs> yeah.
2: Does it help that I've got fresh prince shorts on? <laughs> huh? Does it help that I've got the fresh prince's? shorts No, it's on? it's
1: like full pants, right. man.
2: Fresh um, fresh prince did, of Bel Air shorts?
1: Like, <laughs> like shorts, dude.
2: If you had the camera on, yeah, I bought these amazing oh, things, got these things in Budapest. Cool we'll take pretty, a picture? Pretty cool. That's like saying a girl's
1: kind of pretty. Yeah, like <laughs> she, takes that,
2: she takes that to her as an insult. <laughs> Sorry, Justin,
1: <laughs> I, I didn't mean to start a fight there. What were
0: you? going to No, gonna say? no, no fight. Uh, no, I think I think <laughs> that I the sure. uh, I think that. I'm just listening to you guys talk about this. And to be honest, just jumping up and going on that leap of faith is causing me a panic attack right now. Oh, yeah. like, and, and the question I want to ask you guys is, is because I've gone through, everything's has to be so calculated. I'm very conservative. Okay. It mm-hmm. took me almost a year or two years just to move from one part of New York To New York City, like it was calculated. I had to have a job. I had to have a place to live. I had to have the proper funding. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. I'm not the type. I'm not the aggressive decision maker. Where all of a sudden, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna jump up and move and move to a city. And you know. If I don't care, I don't have a job. I don't have a place to live. I'll, sure. I'll just go with it. And I want to know. I want to know, Tom, for you in particular, because Mike, I know your story. Uh, yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom, I want to know what's the decision process and the thought that sparked all this oh. traveling and journeying six years ago. Was it at one particular event, or is it something that you've always wondered? Or you know, always wanted to do. Yeah, what sparked that?
2: Um. I think, actually, it's because when I was younger, and like I was describing, we come from this bubble town, my, my parents were like, you know, the kind of, I'm an only child as well, which people seem to think you're spoiled, but um, we grew up kind of going to, I don't know if you know, like a caravan park, which you guys would probably say like trailers.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, we'd yeah, go yeah. to
2: like these places on the coast, always in England. And I would come back uh, to school like after a break and there was a lot of friends that had always been to Florida or on safari in Africa or something. And hearing all these stories that they were telling, like from a young age, I think just made me want to do it. And I'd be playing with like the kids on the back street at the same age, not a weird way. Um, and then like, they were kind of saying, well, "Where are you going traveling and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go on safari. And I knew I wasn't going on safari, <laughs> but I was making these things up. And I think when it got to the right age, I'm leaving, uh, like high school, I'm leaving sixth form, like this step before college. I really thought, right, I'm going to work for a year and then I'm going to go and do this. Just, yeah, just absolutely do it. And I, in your sense, Justin, I was kind of similar at 19. Because I wanted to have money and I didn't know how long I was going for, about nine months, I, you know, I, I didn't know how much it would cost, so I kind of wanted to have money behind me there. But as soon as I'd done that first trip, uh, then it was a, no, a no-brainer. I kind of like came back and just worked for two months, stayed with my parents, and then I was off again. Like, just the, the first flight out, the next flight to somewhere else where I could go see some people I already knew or discover something that I was interested in um there's not that much of a thought process it, it almost gets like a kid at christmas as well like i start getting really anxious i'm really excited but at the <laughs> same time like i'm not sure whether i'm gonna miss someone or how long i'm gonna be away for so yeah. it's it's yeah it's strange i don't really know if there's much thought process goes into it all the time i think yeah. at
1: first the first time you do it uh, maybe there's a whole lot of thought process, right? Yeah, there's flights included, and then, yeah. Where you're thinking, well, yeah, there's a flight and you're thinking about... I mean, the same position you're in, Justin, where you're, it, you're, the way you're trained in the Western world is that to to, work, to you know think about these things really thoroughly. For um, me, at least, I found once I went backpacking, those concerns kind of started to dissolve because I realized, oh... This isn't so – I mean here's an example. This week I've lost so many things. I've lost three different pairs of uh, sho- – I've lost one pair of shoes, two pairs of sandals, um, <laughs> and I lost uh, I- countless things this week because I – I don't know. I got in this realm where I stopped caring as much, <laughs> and so I just kind of let things get lost, um, and it didn't bother me. You know, normally if I lost some shoes and all my footwear, I'd be really sad, but you know what? As it turns out I had a pair of jeans that also got ripped you know what i did yesterday was uh i had a piece of the jeans that was ripped off this other girl we met same night i met tom actually this girl becky um i met up with her yesterday randomly and she helped me me like create and choose out of my jeans so it was this kind of interesting experience to say oh uh, wow i lost all this stuff destroyed all these things and Wow,
0: but now I've created something new that I wouldn't have had otherwise. They're like fancy Frodo slippers, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> well, you, you need to take some of your beard hair and then put it on your toes, and you could be a hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Um, <laughs> you all look so old with a beard.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, man, you're just going to have a tongue on. Like, no, to hobbits
0: don't
1: wear shoes, man. Hobbits have hairy feet. That's why they're fancy. They have sandals. have me go to the ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, okay, so for special occasions. They yeah, really yeah, 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 But they have to show their feet off. <laughs> what so what else?
2: Why else would I be saying fancy hobbit shoes?
1: <laughs> I was
2: going... So, actually, so, Justin, as well, like, with uh, you're not doing so much traveling, how would you find it when I, uh, I say recycled through Iran? Yeah. The Islamic Republic of Iran. And been from the United States, this kind of different views coming into play, like... Uh, what are your typical kind of well stereotypical ideas on Iran first of all i, I Do you mean have
0: any? <laughs> all right here's uh, when you say you you cycled through through Iran is that correct yeah, yeah yeah i mean first of all it wouldn't be my first choice of vacation place <laughs> <laughs> and or cycling place yeah. Se- second of all You know, I, I would love, I would love to go and visit and see, see places such as Iran, but Mm -hmm. you know, I can't even imagine it right now. Um, my, one of my, my former boss actually was from Iran and spoke very highly of it. And he's a great guy, very smart, very bright. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just based on what he says, I, I would like to see it, but you know, it's not my first choice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be caught going anywhere near there, especially while there's, there's no conversations that are being positive at this point in time uh, between the U S and there. Like you coming from, from England, England,
2: we still have an interesting background with Iran.
0: Yeah. It's definitely very interesting. A
1: lot of it, I think is media though. If you think about it, right?
2: Hugely. I mean, yeah, the people there, when I, when I talk about one of my favorite words is hospitality, The Turks were unbelievable. Like we'd be camping on a beach and some man would come out and just say, breakfast is ready. (laughs) And we were like, what? And then we'd just go into his family home and he would just throw plates of food at us. And this would happen lots of places in Turkey. In Iran, the people were even nicer. Like even nicer than this. Whereas we're cycling maybe 200K from a big place like, uh, there's a place called Persepolis, which was burnt down by Alexander the Great, I think. Um,
1: Alexander the Great <laughs> yeah. like it's burnt
2: down by him or his drunken wife had said to burn yeah. it down why don't so, we call
1: those people great the people that like killed and murdered destroyed. and took and we oh, call them the great it's perspective it's perspective it's great I think the people yeah. who won write history yeah
2: but um, we're 200k from here and this this guy stops his like truck just in front of us it's, like full of tomatoes and he's like asking us if we want some where are we going we said oh we're heading to Perth, and Shiraz oh, I live just by Perth police. Uh, You call me when you get there. Here is my number. You come and stay with me and my family for as long as you want, food, everything. And we were like, oh, okay, this has already happened to us in Iran already. Mm -hmm. We go down to this guy's place, and it was, like, the most genuine thing. He wanted to know everything about our country, about my friend from Norway's country as well, like, about Norway. He just wanted to know everything about us and help, like, try and be educated a little bit from us, You know, of course, we had our questions as well, and we really wanted to know what they thought about the West. Right. Right. And I tell you what, so many people there really want to go to the States. Yeah. They want to study in the States, and and we we also asked this, like, but you have Norway over here, and it's, like, one of the best welfare states in the world, Mm -hmm. and it's quite open-door policy for, like, migrants, and Sweden next door also had, like, a very interesting thing with people from Central Asia, so... Have you ever thought about this? And our friend was kind of saying, "But the language." We were like, "But they speak better English than we do." <laughs> right. So, what's, what's your problem? Like, I don't know. I think everybody does tend to think of the states. Maybe it's in, uh, an immigrant mecca.
1: Would you say that's interesting? Yeah, immigrant? I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me, being inside the states, to. I, to say I mean we um, have a
2: lot of we have a lot of diversity in, in america well, it's but. like
1: get we're, you know a lot your stereotypical Americans is like get out of our country, this is America you know oh, like sure. I, you have some I'm, of that going
0: on i and again i there you, you you do see those places, and I went from one of the most you know ethnically undiverse places in the world to one of the most ethnically diverse places in the world living in Astoria, New York, and Thanks. It's incredible. I love it. Um, yeah. you see, you know, you hear 10, 15 different languages walking on the street going to work <laughs> and you have some of the best food I've ever had my, I've ever had in my life is in this area and I and I I'm I'm very thankful for the experience. And I wish I wish that I could have the same exact experience, not the same exact, but a similar experience to you and get to hang out with these people. Like I can imagine, like when you were describing cycling and then being invited in for dinner and and sitting with all these people, I could Mm. I can picture it in my head, and I imagine it just like some you, you saw Forrest Gump, right? I'm, I'm hope. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, was, I actually saw yeah. it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's it's on everywhere. It's, it's such a great movie. But I imagine when when he's running across the country and like oh, people yeah. are just being nice to him and just want to wherever you know, I was going, I was running. <laughs> and like I imagine you're you're you've got your own posse. It's you and your buddy, and you're just stopping at these different places, interacting, affecting all these other people's lives. not even realizing it you're just running you're just cycling you know yeah maybe and we
2: had our little um kind of posse sometimes as well you know like people do join you like to cycle in areas when you do meet other long distance cyclists and you are kind of a group apart from the day cyclists that wear the whole lycra suits and they've got their road bikes fantastic they're amazing bikes but we met this the first guy we met was in austria I don't know was it Slovakia Slovakia maybe and throughout the countryside was like just a country road like perfect amazing tarmac but it's only for cycles for bicycles this was like ridiculous to us because you can really get up uh, the pace we met this guy Machu and he was just smoking a rolling cigarette (laughs) and there's all of these other fitness freaks like cyclists like just down the way like I don't know taking an extra water or eating some carbs I don't know what they like to do but we just met this guy, and we were just about to flip out a cigarette as well, and then the three of us <laughs> just started laughing like we were some renegade group, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant. But they really are like that. These other cyclists. We'll stop off at the beer shop before we go and find a place to camp in a yeah. farmer's field, yeah. And then we'll, you know, we'll find a place to lay, and then just get out the beers and probably not talk about cycling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, this <laughs> is a common thing, even you know, all the. So if you're traveling solo, even like I am you're still in groups all the time, right? You're never really Mm -hmm. alone. So I'll be traveling by myself, but every city I meet a new group of people. And maybe I'll even travel with that group of people to multiple cities together. Mm -hmm. And then at some point we all part ways for our various reasons. But it's always constantly changing, moving. Uh, But you meet so many wonderful people. Um, And that's actually, it's weird. I came on this trip alone, but the Best part about it Is the relationships Always It it sounds uh, Kind of counterintuitive Mm. Because I went alone But the most rewarding part Was relationships But by going alone I'm forced To make all these New relationships Meet people That give me perspectives That I couldn't have Ever thought of before Case in point I met you Mm. And all of a sudden, now my brain's been churning these past few days, and wow, there are all these ways that I can make it work. I don't have to go and get a job necessarily, or even start, for that matter. I've been talking for on this podcast even about, oh, I want to eventually be an entrepreneur. I don't even have to start a business. I can just make articles, sell articles. I can make <laughs> yeah. art. I can write music. I can. Uh, there's so many ways to just do what I love, and then. I can find, you know, revenue sources from that. Yeah. Uh, and so I meet people like you and that inspires me and it's, it just keeps happening and it's a back and forth thing. Boom, so, boom, boom, boom. It's always a changing market at that one, man. Like,
2: yeah. I enjoy having actually a lot of little di- different jobs as well. Yeah. Just like kind of manual easy jobs working in a bar or working in a coffee shop or so-so, you know. Just I think those
1: are fun experiences too. Yeah. And
2: it's a funny aspect when you write like fiction because when you, it's kind of a bit Snoopy, I suppose. You start listening into people's conversations just for like random dialogue. Yeah, like, yeah, Or yeah. like on a bus, you sit behind two old ladies
1: talking what? away and you're like, yeah, this would be brilliant." real. Well, you need that random input <laughs> yeah. for creativity, right? Yeah, but like also how, it makes it real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, so. the, 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 it makes it more genuine, more real, and anything creative you do is just taking two old ideas and combining them into a new idea Mm -hmm. so by meeting new people from new perspectives or trying a new thing out listening to some random conversation these are all just like doing improv comedy before you start a scene you say hey audience give us a random word and they say watermelon and now you make a scene maybe not about watermelons, but that makes you think about juice and then you yeah. drink the juice yeah. and that hydrates you. and now it's a scene about water, uh, right. whatever. And a lot of
0: the <laughs> suggestions are elephant, so. Yeah. But, <laughs> just the word, el- the word elephant or zebra or unicorn. Exactly. Is very common. But, but, I, but I wanted to say that, you know, just by even talking to, you know, Tom, if you're ever in New York, you got a place to stay, you know, like oh, Mike, you as well. So Oh, thank uh, like, you. <laughs> you know, if I have to let you stay, you can. <laughs> yeah. Just get rid of the beard first, right? Yeah. <laughs> no beard, no stay. No beard, you can stay.
1: Yeah, I gotta groom myself, I guess. To come yeah, to man. I was,
2: <laughs> I was actually thinking of trying I, to. You no, know, I trimmed.
1: I trimmed the beard. Actually, I didn't even see me recently, but I actually got it trimmed. I had it really, oh, really crazy wild, but I trimmed it. I look. I look a lot cleaner now. I want mutton. <laughs> I want mutton
0: chops. I want you to have mutton chops. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Mutton fit. chops. Um, moustache we'll
2: just keep a little moustache there
0: we'll see I mean everything's changed
1: I'm, you know I, I I like to change it up a little bit we've still yeah. got to do moustaches
2: um, we're, we're doing Christmas on the beach um, <laughs> with some people that we met from Georgia as well like this amazing Egyptian movie uh, director what he's yeah we met him in this Dirty hostel and George. where we're I love traveling—the
1: kind of like random people that you meet. That you do meet, yeah. But I mean, yeah. like
2: he's before like he's shown some of his work at the Cannes Film Festival for the Arabic section. Oh my gosh, uh, so he's done name. like yeah, really, really well. So he's bringing some stuff over there as well this time. Uh, we've got a Polish film student coming across as well. Kuba, he's absolutely great guy. Some is really this in yeah, we're gonna meet them all up for Christmas down in Culver, I think, and huh. then we've got a, another guy, a French guy, um, who is your typical Frenchman, but yeah, totally robust, uh, really cool dude. I mean, we're all coming together as a group. They're all coming across to India. Wow, like two of them are in Iran already, but like um, the Egyptian. Animal. The reunions
1: are so much fun, right? But you meet I mean, a group of travelers and then you meet a meet up again. Yeah, few but months. we met in
2: like yeah, we met in summer. I think oh, I'm like gonna have three a Christmas. Months.
1: I'm gonna have a Christmas reunion, I think, also, and it's, it's. I'm sick. looking forward to it. You know, oh, we've got to get Hawaiian
0: shirts, for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord.
1: I've
0: Let's got a couple extra ones to... I can ship out if you guys need <laughs> them.
1: Yeah, send them our way.
2: Oh, I found some dirty ones down down in the South Coast, though. Yeah. Oh, man. So, It'll probably be
1: cheaper to buy them than for you to ship them, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, that's the thing. <laughs> um, um, I wanted to know, so so Tom, you know, you've got your journey that you're going on for Mm -hmm. a a good cause, you know, you're, you're helping people out. Um, what, where are you, you know, what's your destination? What's your, what's your route? Uh, Well,
2: uh, so I've finished now. I've actually got rid of the bike. We, um, we cycled the original plan was to cycle from Harrogate in Yorkshire to New Delhi. Mm -hmm. Um, and the original route kind of stayed roughly the same. We didn't want to have anything really set. So that we could kind of change, you know, change direction. If somebody says, oh, you have to go and see this. We we're under no kind of set circumstance to get to India for a certain date. And this is what a lot of newspaper people back at home couldn't really understand. How long is it going to take you? How long? We're like, we, we don't know. We'll, it'll take as long as it takes. You know, we're... We're under no time constraints yeah, here, apart from money. That
1: kind of dictates whatever. And that's even like every day in India where you, you move into a new guest house in Goa, and the first question I ask you is, how many days are you staying? Yeah, I, I, never, no I can't idea. answer that question for you, man. I just got here. Maybe I love it so much I stay for two weeks. Maybe I hate it and I want to leave tomorrow. You can't ask me how many days. I'm a backpacker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, with the cycling, we ended up coming across the north of Germany, down the Elbe Valley into uh, the Czech Republic, and cycling into Prague, which was... One of the most beautiful cities I've ever cycled into. That was stunning. Uh, working our way down towards um, Belgrade in um, Serbia. This is where we got into kind of like a pickle. And we said like half of us wanted to go towards the coast, towards Croatia. The other side were probably drunk when we decided this again. Wanted to go down towards Kosovo. You had fighting mm-hmm. factions. Yeah, and then drunk into Greece. Feeding. Uh, the cool. other side was straight to Sofia in hmm. Bulgaria and like get around. So we just spun a bottle. It went to Sofia. Oh, so off awesome. we went and then into Turkey. But then the original idea,
1: that's a great way to make decisions. I flip coins yeah, nowadays. Too, like, it keeps I, it, oh, sorry. Whenever I have like a decision where I'm 50, 50 on, I started doing this thing where I flip a coin and decide it, whatever the coin says I do.
2: It keeps it spontaneous as mm-hmm. well. Like, but like, yeah, we really, really, really wanted to go to Kazakhstan And I've still (laughs) got this, like, itching urge to go to, like, (laughs) Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, like, for so many years. And that's where we were going. But the, like, Azerbaijani uh, embassy in...
1: But the battle said otherwise? No,
2: this is is our frustration because, Uh, like, there's an Azerbaijani, uh, like, consulate in one city in Georgia and also an embassy. We got told to go to this one in a smaller city called Batumi because the guy is very, like, easy. He will just, you know give you it within a few days and you have to pay like this base amount. The one in uh, Tbilisi, they were like, oh my Lord, they were just changing their prices every day, like building up the money and it was so aggravating. Uh, we, we wanted just a transit visa for like five days because it's quite an expensive country mm. um, and they wouldn't give us it and we'd heard from so many cyclists coming the other direction like, yeah, we got the, like, 10-day or the 5-day transit visa. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 this doesn't exist. You need to pay for a 30-day visa at this
1: price. Those are fun surprises to run into. Well, right?
2: so we just told them to F off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looked at going around through Russia into Kazakhstan. That was a no-no. Looking at flights, kind of taking the cheese out of it. So we said, no, let's look into the visa for Iran. And then we were in Georgia for at least another month because of this. Like, just to get a visa, just to get a oh piece of God. paper. Wow. It says you can go into a country for one month, cost us 200 pounds each. God. And we had to kind of like give the guy at the embassy another 30 euros when we received it.
1: Well, it's like a bribe? Yeah, it oh was my God. a bribe. That's it's horrible. Like, how can
2: the price go up <laughs> by 30 euros each in uh, three days? Like, man, screw you. Yeah. But we wanted to go. We wanted to leave Georgia in one way because we'd been there for three months. I and mean, like, static. Yeah. Everything, everything happened there, though, like... Um, Right at the beginning of our time, when we were very drunk with an American English teacher, and then cycled up the coast, (laughs) not well drunk, um, which is kind of hard actually. In Georgia, you kind of get drunk a lot of the time. But we were going to a place called Abkhazia, where like Stalin used to have his uh, summer house. Ah. It meant to be so so beautiful. You have the Black Sea coastline coming up, and then right off the beach, you have these huge mountains where like base jumpers go to have a look, like see if they can do some stuff there. But It's when the Russians came over into Georgia, like in two thousand and eight. They were like helping out this Abkhazian movement. They're just kind of like people that want to be their own country, really. Um, They recognise themselves, and there's like three other countries, including Russia, that do, but Georgia don't. So there's not an official border.
1: So So we we were trying to get that. That's a weird thing about these parts of the world is there's all kinds of regions. That are like kind of like their own country, but they're kind of not, depending on who you ask. Or oh, like, yeah, or look at Tibet or Hong Kong. and yeah. There's all these weird place, and or Kashmir. States, uh, yeah. There's all these regions that are under dispute. And it's not, you know, we think in the U.S. of, of countries as defined. Of Borders, there's man. a border and there's a definition. This is the U.S., right. this is Britain. Mm. But in a lot of parts of the world, it's not like that. There's Dude. areas that are under conflict, under dispute, and it's not really that clear
2: yeah I think this comes through from a lot of the whole communist bloc as well though, yeah because hey. like Abkhazia, like I was saying, is Georgians can't get in, but uh yeah we there's like areas in china, there's areas all along the south of Russia, which is totally like Chechnya and stuff, they want to yeah. be their own countries, but you're just never gonna have this so, yeah well
1: yeah. the the world's always been changing yeah. hey let's I think we've been going Quite on long, to, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um well, now, this it, is good stuff, though, I really like this one, um
0: yeah well, I let's wonder... wrap it up, yeah. Yeah, let's. I wanted to ask, you know, t- uh, maybe a, a couple of closing questions. Yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead. Um, so you've been you've been traveling with your organization. You just completed your your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, where? Are you, where you're an organization, or just kind of? Well, we're tra- doing it for the charities. Yeah. Oh, for the charity, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you are doing it for the charities, and you know, you just wrapped up formally for, with your formal journey. Um, where to next? And Do you ever see settling down somewhere? Those are yeah. This is a funny thing I've been thinking about. Actually, like um, I'm actually looking at cutting
2: my Indian time short. We're going to spend Christmas and New Year on the beach, and then another free kind of form of helping volunteering is called Helpx. helpx Helpx.net. You're telling me about that. It sounded really cool. You pay like twenty dollars for two years, and you can go and work on people's farms or paint their houses. They basically post for help. And in return, they give you free board and free food. So we thought about doing something just for two weeks and then finding a surf school or a surf spot on the beach just for like a little while longer before heading back to Mumbai and flying home, which is, yeah, I'm going to just stick at home for a few months before I go back to Holland. But I'm looking at doing some more actual studies and I'm wondering whether to do it on the open university so I can actually travel with my studies or doing something at the University of Amsterdam, which will then actually keep me in one spot. I actually think that city now is like my my spot. I found the great people. I found a great place. Yeah, I, I love it there. But it's a hard question to answer, actually, Justin. Yeah, I don't know.
0: You, you can't you can't predict that. I, I think a pre- good
2: woman, a good woman, is going to have to keep me in one spot, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thing, I mean, meeting a that girl, change, that'll change she's, everything. But I mean, right? if she's that good, she'll want to travel with me as well. That's so true. Like, <laughs> that's what that's I realize. Cool. It's
0: like
1: I can talk all this stuff about oh, I want to keep traveling, but. I realize at the moment, like the right girl comes to my life, up oh, all plans are off. Don't do <laughs> you're three months in, dude. yeah. Day, That's really the it's so funny to realize at the end of the day, like yeah, there's one thing that can sway me more than anything else. <laughs> Worse on them numbers, man. <laughs> it's,
0: it's weird, isn't it? Like, like even if I met the right girl, I would probably move all move a little bit. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's crazy where it's uh, i think that binds us all men and all people oh yeah oh, yeah you know? we know that the women are the boss oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true, you don't hear that over here though oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah. That, that's great right now right now you said you're not involved you were involved with somebody but not formally it kind of oh yeah went, uh, it just kind of fell apart and yeah i wasn't i wasn't too bothered with it
1: Really, I mean, yeah. kind of and life does was... change, right? Things come, things go, and it's just yeah, roll with the tides.
2: Some people think about those too long, and cycling really does give you the time to think about those things. You can go a bit mental while you're on the bike, like we were singing songs at the top of our lungs that we hadn't sang for like, or even <laughs> thought about for like years. Like stupid songs from adverts and stuff <laughs> that you wouldn't even <laughs> normally sing, and they just come into your head. Conversation goes from like politics to corn in 20 seconds it's, it's just like the weirdest thing and you're in the, the the strangest surroundings god yeah yeah it's, like it's served vodka by babushka like an old granny in the woods at like <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon you're a cycle like no babushka
0: stop <laughs> yeah, Babushka, Baba Yaga. Uh. that's a chil- children's book grandma yeah. of the forest grandma all right forest. well justin if you don't have any
1: other closing questions i'd say we uh We'll wrap this episode up, yeah?
0: Yeah. Um, just wanted to ask uh, for you to plug whatever you wanted to plug. Saddlesore, what was the full? Yeah, please, please do.
2: So it's uh, saddlesore.moonfruit, as in the moon up in the sky, and the fruit that we eat. moonfruit.com. Um, on there you can find the links to our just giving pages. So if people do want to donate any money to these like, worthy charities, um, then you can find the links... To basically get onto there, you can find more information about our sponsors, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like a holistics company and also a bar that we used to work for who host our events. Um, There's blogs on there, there's other articles, and we're also working on a new section at the moment to do with kind of like portfolios of travelers, cyclists, different form of traveling as well. So Mm -hmm. like kind of trying to educate people. So I mean, the website's blogs are kind of sometimes longer pieces, sometimes short little snippets. Yeah, there's bits and bobs, and they're not really checked. They're just very quickly ridden and thrown out there. My friend thinks it's a bit flowery, but yeah, <laughs> yeah go I with it. Have a little great. read. <laughs> that's a great way to go, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's
1: saddlesore.moonfruit.com. <laughs> com. Yeah. Saddlesore.moonfruit.com.
2: Yeah, and there's some videos actually up there too from my GoPro, just with some
0: music and stuff. But Yeah, awesome. check it out. Yeah, And write to us right. if you've got any messages as well. So Excellent. All right. Well, that right. sounds great. Um, Tom... Mike, I wish you um, safe journeys, and we'll catch up with you very soon.
2: I wish you a safe journey, too, thanks, and I'll give man. you a
0: virtual handshake, my man. So. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone, thanks for tuning in to Walking the Earth podcast. We'll catch up with you next time.